welcome to the Self-Study Project, a podcast to deepen your practice through reflection with co-hosts Jenna Baird and Stephanie Gibson. Stay tuned after we wrap up for some added info and Q&A. October is Mental Health Awareness Month, amongst other wonderful health awareness things. Uh, And so this episode is going to be all about normalizing this conversation on mental health. And because depression, anxiety, stress, and otherwise unprocessed emotions are experienced by all. But Do you know the state of your mental health? Do you take the time for self-evaluation so as to be aware of your current state of mind? Because we are all too often too busy in our lives that we don't even take inventory, but instead we react and we emote. So we're going to be discussing tools that you can implement for self-study and how to make friends with and move beyond the state of mind. Because Something you said recently, Jenna, in another podcast, I think it was about the state of mind and moving beyond it was when you hurt your foot and your state of mind anxiously went to, I'm never going to walk again. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It just goes straight to that, which is like, you know, the mind just runs down that road of, you know, total disaster. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's what the stress mechanism in the body is doing to us. You know, we there's uh, some really great visuals that have come across some documentaries lately. And that is what, why we shouldn't eat while we're stressed. And they, there was a, a study that showed an animal through an x-ray machine or some kind of machine that can see the insides while they're eating. And the cat was eating the food and everything looked fine. You can see the, the, the masticating of the mouth and the chewing and the chyme moving through the system. And then they bring in a dog <laughs> and oh. all digestion processes halt. All, all of that, what was working for you to be able to eat and is now done. And that we should all have this ability for fight or flight and ATP to activate the muscles and us lift cars off people with the, all of that adrenaline. And but in in the a nice feedback loop, a nice balanced system, that stress mechanism should go away, you know, in you know, in wild animals within 15 minutes, the zebra's perfectly fine after running away from the lion. But we keep ourselves so heightened, even just driving a fast piece of metal down a freeway, you know, we are constantly in a heightened state. And that heightened state adds to anxiousness that even if a person is not identifying with depression, they're not identifying with being an anxious person because we have this vision of what that looks like. It's happening naturally just by this feedback loop that one of the best indicators is our breath. And, you know, Jenna, you teach a lot about working with our breath in yoga, because if you could take a moment to observe the breath, that is the most uh, tangible. We can, we can feel and see that happening. That's the most tangible feedback loop of our nervous system that can either keep you, um, anxious, or it can restore you to calm just by working with this tool of breath work. Breath work is incredible. And 
our body is really always giving like the signaling system and it's giving back feedback, you know, all the time. And there's so many um, times that we can just kind of mask it. But if there's these opportunities, right, even depression, um, feeling sorrow, emotions of any kind are all signaling like, hey, alert body, something's not quite right. Mm -hmm. Listen a little bit more intently. Um, And in a lot of our society, there's just not either one education talking about it, um, right? Or there's just kind of, well, just mask it. Let's just, you know, get over it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's so empowering because um, I think of the, you know, practice of yoga and I'm all the time talking about how much it's so much about, you know, the mind actually. And so mental awareness and mental health is just something that absolutely feels so inspired uh, to talk about. So I love this topic and um, yeah, we need to get conversations around it and realize how much our body really is such a fascinating um, resource to kind of listen into. Uh-huh. Yeah. And sometimes you need an interpreter. And I've, I've had where I show up to yoga with you and, you know, we're sitting on the mat and we're trying to come into our bodies and through, through breath work or, you know, just feeling the weight of our bodies on the mat. And if, and if my brain is, is anxious or if I have stress, even if I can't wrap my brain around it, like put a, put a voice to the name, you know, a name rather to what I'm anxious about, I will notice that I can't seem to come back. I can't come to the mat. And it will take usually, and for me, especially when I'm by myself, it will take tools like alternate nostril breathing or uh, Kapalabhati breathing or any, some kind of breath work to get me to even get out of my head enough to, before I can even start doing yoga because uh, my mental health is, is just not, it's not present. It's forward or behind me. It's anxious. It's fear-based, which is basically thinking about debt you haven't even accrued yet. You know, it's, it's really a waste of present moment energy and the future that you're trying to create, the more that we are focusing on these fear-based things. And I have to use the breath work. Alternate nostril breathing uh, is for those of you not familiar with it, Jenna can give a, a, you know, a brief on it, but if you're, if you're driving, please don't do this, (laughs) but it is uh, it's amazing for bringing focus to right now, because if, if you couldn't take that first step to, of self-awareness to determine what your current state of mind is, and you don't know where to begin, start with the breath. Notice that you might be shallow breathing. Notice that your shoulders might be up by your ears, and that's going to change the way you breathe. You might be breathing through your chest instead of through your, your abdomen and your diaphragm, and then into your lungs, that three-part breath. It it, what's fascinating about recognizing the breath first is that if you run through these series of things that we're going to talk about with regards to breath work, you, and then you come out the other side, if you were to rate it before and after you could be on a 10 level of anxiousness and your breathing be shallow and, and, uh, fast or not very deep, which I guess means shallow. I already said that, but, uh, come out the other side completely better. So yeah. What, what, how does alternate nostril breathing, uh, look? Yeah. Alternate nostril breathing definitely, um, helps to bring about a more of a flow between the two hemispheres of the brain. So, um, but yeah, the, there's lots of different ways to do it, but there's so many great YouTubes um, to 
check into as well, but it's kind of, a, a, you know, along with retention breath, alternate nostril breathing. It's amazing when you start to do the alternate nostril breathing, how you notice there's kind of like a lack of flow on one side of yeah. your nostril. And it's all about yoga, really about bringing back flow. That's why we actually, the neti pot, you know, is a part of um, a practice that has been done is a part of like the medical side of the yoga, which is Ayurveda mm-hmm. to keep flow going. Cause if you have congestion, you're not going to be able to breathe well. And then and not being able to breathe very good, you know, you're going to have, um, you know, your prana is not going to be able to transport as easily. Mm-hmm. And so it's like so much about bringing flow back, like that river idea of keeping the river of, of flow circulation and blood flow moving. Mm-hmm. And that is with thoughts, you know, it's with, that's why a lot of people, they don't realize why they feel so good when they move their bodies, but to move the body is like your body's way of emptying the trash can, you know, and there's so much in everyday life that we're pretty good. And I say this a lot in my yoga classes, we're really good about packing it on, but we really forget to unpack. And so, you know, every day taking some time to unpack would be through breath work. It would be through like, okay, what am I holding through the day? Like what kind of feelings and thoughts am I holding? And I like doing this at the end of the day where I'm kind of like winding down mm-hmm. so that I get a good rest. So, you know, thought processes, letting those go, um, processing the day, thinking about what triggers we had. And if we just take the time to do a little bit of that work of slowing down, we'll notice you know, why we were triggered that day, we can look at our day a little bit more efficiently, but, mm-hmm. um, but movement is powerful breath work, I'm trying to think of all the good goodies that we want to have through the day. Um, well, I like to what you just said about movement because what, and how you said, most people don't know why they felt so good movement, what, whether it's your yoga class or your gym or whatever you do is a great way for you to release stresses that you can't even put a name to, because if you can't, if you aren't yet to that point where you are, because what you just described in the evening, kind of taking inventory, if you are listening and you don't really take that time to take inventory, but you know that you're stressed, exercise, yoga, uh, that's going to be a great first move for, for that person mm-hmm. because they, they don't actually know. Maybe they don't even recognize they're stressed, but all of your family knows that you're always better when you come home after a workout or after yoga. And so... Yeah. But when you start to work up to this, like what you're talking about, where you like to to ask yourself, what triggers have I had today? A great way to look at that and to study yourself is through meditation. And if you're not quite ready for the, what you think is meditation, because usually it's what we think it is, it's actually not, um, is to just do what you're saying, taking that inventory triggers. How did I feel? What came up? And then another way is if, if, especially if you are opposed to meditation, and I have a lot of people who feel a great uh, resistance to it is journaling because then you're letting out the inside thoughts comes, come else, you know, elsewhere outside of you and not internalize them. And even, and then it's a great, another next step is while you're journaling or uh, while you're exercising and you start to think, well, exercising, the nice thing about exercising is it's hard to think about anything else besides that, especially yoga. You're trying to balance. If you start thinking of something else, you're going to fall over. Um, but with journaling, you'll notice your breath will become more shallow. You will become more tense when you start writing about 
what triggered you. And that's another reason why tapping is actually so good. And Jenna and I were just talking about this before our podcast. We have our women's retreat coming up in November in Yosemite. We do this every year for a group of women. And this year we're going to be doing a lot of tapping. And then right after the retreat, we have a, a co-ed uh, workshop called energetic healing. That's going to be kind of the same idea, but not only women and not a whole weekend of retreating <laughs> where Jenna is going to lead yoga for helping emotional release and awareness. And I'm going to be doing a lot of things like this tapping because like exercise where you don't really know what's up, you just feel what you feel, or maybe your family notices tapping allows you to bring a voice to what you've been feeling and then help to tell your body to change the biochemistry about it. Because every time you have a memory that comes up or an experience that becomes a memory, your body's working there for you. Um, and it's going to create some biochemistry that next time that scenario comes up or the people that triggered you come into your life right then and there, your body's feedback loop is going to immediately trigger that response. Either you're going to just feel instantly calm because in fact, your mom does this for me, Jenna. Uh, I think you might remember mm -hmm. She, yeah. I, I'm just like, poof, everything's gone. I feel perfectly, I, especially her hugs, you know, just instantly it's the memory and the experience that I can remember right after my mom died that I had with your mom. And now she's been, she's that biochemistry for me. So I can seek her and instantly feel calm and maybe even release. Sometimes she makes me cry. <laughs> In <a good> way. <laughs> yeah. Only good ways, but uh, the, it's a, it, while this is a great experience on how memories and biochemistry, people and circumstance affect your body, another way that's more often and more common and more harmful is how these memories of people harming us, uh, triggers that come up, people that have caused us stress, they can just appear, you can talk to them, you can mention them, you can think about them. And the feedback loop of the memory and the way chemistry works in the body, hormones are sent out. And as if you took a pharmaceutical to change your biochemistry, you now engage in that stress mechanism, that anxiousness, that short, short and shallow breathing. And that's why, like what Jenna was talking about, coming back to yoga, coming how, why we do this podcast to begin with is self-awareness and yoga is the best tool for self-awareness, right? Miss busy yoga teacher. Yeah, that's right. It's such a remedy and it's medicine. And I find it interesting. You're talking about the chemistry of the body and remembers like, you know, memories, um, like you can smell like an essential oil, for example, of cinnamon, right. And it brings you back to grandma's, you know, kitchen. And it's just really fascinating how life files away in our muscles and in the tissue. And, um, yeah, there's so many memories that hang out there and that, it's why I love, I mean, this retreat that we've got coming up is, it's just, I'm looking forward to it. And so excited about the women that have signed up because really to step away like this and give yourself this full body, mind, spirit, like immersion is just absolutely essential because the covering of like what, you know, energetically do we need as a human being, you know, to live in this world and what do we need mentally, emotionally, and really what this is like a retreat that we're offering too. And if there's ways that you can incorporate this through your day, but the yoga, right? The movement, the breath work, 
there's the um, learning about energy and tapping and kind of all these inner resources that were rarely ever um, talked about. But then there's the nature aspect. Because yeah. right now, you know, like I'm sitting in my patio and I'm just soaking up a sun patch that's just perfect because there's a little bit of shade. But then my son, there's sun on my back. And then I've got my little fur buddy next to me. Aww. You know, he's yeah. like, yeah, my human, he, this human's knowing what's up, you know, uh-huh. because they are great examples of finding sun patches through the day. Yeah. So it's like any way we can find, you know, a cozy blanket or wrap ourselves in just, you know, outside therapy, it's just incredible. And I remember one time when my daughter was not getting through to her and, um, I just told her, I said, you know what? I need you to go outside. And it was really um, fascinating what she experienced through that getting outside. It's like everything kind of really does help. It, it gets taken care of. And um, yeah, nature therapy is just incredible. Yeah. And and even I think about my daughter, you know, she's doing um, mostly online high school, but then she has two days on, at a campus. But she will back away from that screen and say, you know what, mom, look at my face. And it's, you know, we laugh about it, but it, because we have, um, cause she has that screen look, we call it like the zombie screen, you know, we all get that. But when we're scrolling away, it's just, it starts to get this stag- like really stagnant feeling. Um, and so, yeah, the other day she just like, you know, I've got that screen look on my face. So she walked outside and did some jumping on the trampoline to get the lymph system feeling good again. And mm-hmm. it's just having the tools though, to break away. And and, yeah. and not only just the tools, but the self-awareness. So the idea that you have a ninth grader, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you at ninth, at ninth grade, uh, to have that self-awareness where I know adults who don't know that they have a screen face, you know, um, <laughs> there's too much EMFs, there's too much screen time. There's too much, um, stimulus that doesn't even give you the opportunity to self-evaluate here. Your girls, all, all of them are learning this level of self-awareness and that's really the key. And, and sometimes you need someone else to help you become aware. That's why I I've always been called by, by people and sometimes meet resistance for it, that I am a mirror for other people, you know, that I will, I will show you your stuff um, I will do it without attacking you as well, because I, but you might feel attacked because the mirror looks like that. Um, that's what I'm seeing when you're emoting all of this. And um, that if, you know, you as a parent obviously had to somehow instill in them self-awareness, like, well, let's take a moment. What is it you're feeling? Because you're really, what you're thinking is you're really reacting differently. So what's going on, you know, without also feeding them things. I was just, I was talking to a friend and her little two and a half year old was uh, very excited to pet a snake. And I was so excited that this little girl was encouraged to feel whatever she authentically felt about the snake rather than a parent being like, oh, aren't you afraid of that? Isn't that mm. um, because we often receive our stress responses by the way we watch our parents. And unfortunately, you know, the traumas that we've had throughout our time, we learn and that we just keep them going. So this my, I remember growing up where mom would be like, it's time for you to go outside. I had no idea that was about outside therapy time. I just thought that was about <laughs> mom being like, get away. <laughs> but it's very much about, and I, I think it's brilliant that we pass this down through generations. There's, we, of course, back in the day, you know, you were told to go outside and don't come back until the sun goes down and the lights come on. That's your sign to come home. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, that that's really that's amazing though that she has that self awareness. But you said you called it, you know, outside therapy, which you were literally talking about the out great outdoors. But then I also in my brain thought, yes, therapists outside therapy. Um, another mm-hmm. person, whether it's your friend, if they can be that for you, if they can be that mirror. But we need to normalize this conversation of therapy. And and if you are not let's say it's a budget reason that you can't go to a therapist to recognize that a gym membership or a yoga membership is going to be your therapist without words. And, and then the journaling, these self-awareness tools, the alternate nostril breathing, uh, taking time to ask yourself what, like you did, what is triggering me here? There are so many resources, but we absolutely need to make them okay because a therapist is an amazing um, opportunity for you to ha- talk to someone who actually understands the mind, but is also going to just listen and let it all come out so that you don't have to internalize it. Like you said, issues in the tissues, we store our physical bodies become direct representations of our lifetime traumas. And um, we were just talking recently about, you know, dental health and, you know, things that eat away at you can literally start to transform the health of your teeth, uh, the state of your gums, carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders leads to shoulder issues, leads to posture issues, which leads to lung problems because you aren't breathing as deeply or as well. Everything is related. No organ is operating independently. And all of this, all of these changes that we're talking about, the number one step is self-awareness right? Taking time to reflect. Absolutely. Yeah, that awareness is a huge practice and adds so much value. But I love what you said about journaling, because any way we can just get it out, right? Mm-hmm. So getting it out of our, our system, because it can only pack on so much. So we got to learn ways to really unpack. And so I think, gosh, these are some great tools to, mm-hmm. to, to do that for yeah. sure. Yeah, it, there's so so many things that we could add, and if you you know if you need more, you know we we try to uh, the entire podcast in various little ways incorporates ways for self awareness, self reflection, and while we since we are both yoga teachers and and I'm a holistic health practitioner, we do bring it back to yoga and to um, integrative health tools, but even going outside, you you don't have to, you know, do yoga to be an out to go outside and let the external world offer you um, the outdoor world offer you its own therapy. So, but on November 20th, we have the retreat, not the retreat, the uh, energetic healing workshop. And you can um, go to Dharma Yoga Loft in Paso Robles for some amazing yoga and go to pasayoga.com for signing up for that. If you would like to do more like hands-on, like how to do tapping, we'll do journaling. Jenna will lead you through breath work and yoga that helps you release when you can't even label it. You know, those days where you just feel emotional, you're like, I don't know why. Well, good time to go see Jenna at Dharma Yoga Loft. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Come visit the central coast. (laughs) Yeah. I guess it depends on where you are. So go find your yoga Go journal, go, go to outdoors. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to add, Jenna? I know that we can talk forever. Oh, so many. I know I thought of a bunch of different things, but we'll save it for another time. And okay. Yeah, absolutely. That was 
Excellent. Great topic. Well, email us if you have questions, have you, you have things you want us to add. We can always add little Q and A's at the end of our podcasts, even after the fact when they're published. So if you have questions, the self-study project at gmail.com, we are the self-study project and thank you for listening. You know, Jenna and I were discussing right after the podcast a few very important notes that we just couldn't fit in. And and one of the most important ones I just had to add, and that being that one of the reasons that yoga is so good for things like mental health, anxiety, depression, or the things that detrimentally adversely affect our mental health is because yoga teaches you to sit with and through the uncomfortable and you you witness it come in and you you acknowledge it but you don't internalize it and you let it go and that happens when you sit with meditation that happens when you become attached to how good or bad you are doing your yoga practice today if we want to put some black and white extremes onto it it's just where you are that day Um, but we have this um, meditation hike that we do on our women's retreat and it's cold it's you know fall in Yosemite and we're wearing yoga clothes and yet we all hike up to the top of this hill where it becomes exposed and you know there's no not always the sunshine and we have to warm up that whole time and then we do yoga when we're up there and it's super uncomfortable initially and yet you sit with it and once you go through it you're literally and physically warmed up and you've moved past what was uncomfortable not by running away from it but by going through it and so Yoga is very figurative for the way we need to process um, and balance our mental health. Emotions are going to come up, but do we need to emote them? Do we need to run away from them? Or maybe just observe, I see you pain, I see you anxiousness, but I love and accept myself or the situation at hand. So we had to add that. We just had to add that as you might uh, see why. Email us with questions, feedback, project at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to The Self-Study Project, a podcast to deepen your practice through reflection, with co-hosts Jenna Baird and Stephanie Gibson. Subjects cover holistic health, nutrition, yoga, philosophy, spirituality, astrology, parenting, relationships, conscious living, sustainable practices, and so much more. At no time does this podcast offer medical advice and is for educational purposes only. It remains your decision to pursue any information and do not hold your hosts or their guests liable. More information available at theselfstudyproject.com.